0: I am Brooklyn-based psychotherapist, Nikita Banks, and I am your host of the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is the podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. If you would like to reach out to us for feedback or show suggestions, show topics, please feel free to contact us at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to new or past episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. If you are having trouble listening to us on your preferred platform, or if you want us to be on a platform that we're not currently on, make sure that you send us a private message on our Instagram page at Black Therapist Podcast, or you can just drop us a message or send us an email at BlackTherapistPodcast.com. If you want insider tips, resources, and access to our free mental health course, make sure that you text GETHAPPY to 66866. And my new book, Find. Happy seven steps to relationships that will not steal your joy is available right now on Amazon. You can go to our website or go to our Instagram pages and click the link and purchase because we want to help you get your relationships together for 2018 and beyond. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you are having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area okay let's go hey guys so um I wasn't gonna even do a show today I just have been feeling out of it completely like not been feeling well today went out to celebrate um my friend's bridal party yesterday bachelorette joint and I ended up leaving early because I just kind of was feeling a little bit under the weather And so today I spent most of the day in the bed only to get up to hear that Nipsey Hussle was murdered. And I have to say, you know, I'm not really a a fan of rap nowadays. Maybe I'll hear whatever's on the radio or whatever, but I don't really go looking for it. I don't patronize it. I don't. I'm not really a rap fan in 2019. Um, And usually most of that is just because, you know, I grew up in an era where guys were hustling because they needed to, they were talking about hustling, you know, chicks, guns, drugs, whatever, and I knew a lot of the guys that were doing those things, and it just seemed like a natural progression of the music, but now to see and hear a lot of the, the, the music that's made today is really about glorifying drug usage It's just, it's weird to me, so I can't really listen to it. I I definitely don't relate, but I understand I'm also not the target audience. But what I loved about Nipsey was, outside of just who he dated and that kind of thing, it's just every single time i seen something about him, it was, like, positive. Buying back the block, you know, cooperative economics, going and, you know, creating jobs for your community, listening to the elders, like feelings. Like he talked about feelings and protecting your energy and even, you know, I think I even saw something, um, where he was talking about therapy, right? So he was just such a good positive force in the community. And for that light to be taken is is a is a death that the nation is mourning. I know his family feels lost. I know his kids feel it. But like everybody is just collectively Morning, And so I'm going to replay one of our old shows, which is about vicarious trauma. And I think I touched a little bit in that show about, about things that happen in the community and what what happens when we all have traumatic events that we've survived as a community and what you can do to protect your energy from that and, and just heal. Because I, for me, I have a lot of trauma around this. It's very triggering, you know. to To be the age that I am, I've lost so many of my male friends to gun violence. I've lost so many, you know, you know, partners, guys I've dated, dudes I hung out with, dudes I was raised with to gun violence. And so I'm just, I'm just at a loss, living through. Biggie and Tupac's death and you know meeting both of them it's just I I just I feel I feel lost and I don't know what the answer is everybody's asking for what's the answer if the police did this we'd be marching in the streets and if the the you know we gotta stop killing our own I get it but we don't even know who did this all these conspiracy theories I don't think that they help Because right now, just the the community is in pain. And what I I don't know, while I don't know the answer to the questions that are are lingering out there, like what can we do? I do know that if collectively we come together and master our minds and collectively we come together and protect our energy, like he said, and if collectively we try to do things to uplift the whole entire community, they're not going to be able to stop us. There's a lot of talk about him and a Dr. and document, documentary. And I don't know anything about that. I do know people who've worked with Dr. Sebi. I have friends who were tapped into, you know, that place, right? But I just, I don't want to speculate on any of that. But I know that if we all ate properly, and if we all studied the teachings of our great leaders, the ones that have come before us, and if we all decide to pool our resources together And buy back the block. And if we all decided that we wanted to start businesses and create opportunities for others. They can't fight all of us. They can't kill all of us. And by they, I don't, I I mean whoever the they is. Whether it's a black person who's a hater. Or if it's a white person or the the government that I know is against us. That works against us every single day. They can't fight us all. So, I mean, I, I just, I pray for his family. I pray for his fans. I pray for my listeners. I, I pray for the men I love, you know, in my community. If This is my worst fear as a mother of a, of a son, as a lover of black men, of a black man, you know what I mean? Because you can be positive and do all the right things and somebody else can still take your life. And that's the fear that we have. It's the anxiety that's built into our DNA collectively. It's the 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 struggle that we have to fight every single day as a person of color in this country. And so I hope you enjoyed today's show. I don't want to really talk about anything else right now. Just hug your loved ones, you know, and be kind to yourself. Okay, so we're going to get into it. Listen to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Be well. So this week's show, I want to talk about something called vicarious trauma. And um, the way that I ended up coming up to, I don't know, figuring out what I wanted to do in the show this week was because I was outside last week, probably in the middle of the week, and I looked up in the sky and I saw the light show that is the tribute, I guess I don't even know what it's called, the Tributed Lights of the Twin Towers. Um, I live here in New York, as I said, Brooklyn, New York. And um, you know, when the, the day the Twin Towers fell 16 years ago, um, I literally watched the towers fall out of the sky. So um, at first, I was just kind of going up about my day you know, at dusk. And I saw people looking up in the sky. They're probably like new New Yorkers, uh, <laughs> the gentrifiers. And I was like, what are they looking at? But I wasn't really paying attention because as most New Yorkers do, I was just kind of going along with my day or my evening. And um, I don't know, I was walking and I ended up walking in a direction where it kind of caught the lights in my peripheral and it hit me like a jolt shit it's september 11th and it was like september 6th or something so the lights were on like super early and you can kind of go about your day or go about your your time and not think about you know what day of the week it is (laughs) or what day it is but anniversaries like this especially if you are um in that area um new york and dc or virginia where the pentagon was that you kind of don't forget where you were when these national tragedies happen and so it got me to thinking about how triggering it was for me thinking about that day uh, I lost a family member in 9-11 and I just kind of remember like getting the phone calls and not knowing where 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 she was and being worried and you know Actually, literally being outside, watching the fighter jets fly above us, and like seeing the buildings fall, and I try not to dwell on those things. Like our mind is so great that it kind of shields you from those things. But things like anniversary, our mind shields us from those kind of negative memories. But on anniversaries, those times are are kind of hard to forget things that we've seen and things that we've gone through, both as a nation, as a family. And as a city and as a, as a state here in New York, for me to see the lights, it was like a bolt of like emotions kind of went through me. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm not really sure which, I still had to go on with my day. So um, it got me thinking about vicarious trauma and how it shows up. There was a lot of 9-11 studies. I had coworkers who worked on some of the 9-11 studies and, you know, widows, they carried some of their that trauma um, as they were baking their babies in the, their wombs. And these, these are real occurrences. So I started to think more about, um, you know, the phenomenon. And I actually wrote a, a piece in, in, in paper, a paper in school stuttering about vicarious trauma on a movie, which was about a father who lost his wife in 9-11, which is rain on me. Um, and Adam Sandler's in it. And it was a pretty good movie if you ever look at it but it kind of like describes what we're going to talk about today in movie form okay so vicarious trauma is usually something that's only thought of as like caregivers so in the case of nine eleven, it would have been you know the social workers the therapists the first responders um counselors but vicarious trauma is something that happens to us each and every day as we watch tragedies or we care for six people or, you know, in the case of my work experience, I deal with a lot of people who have dealt with sexual violence and sexual trauma and, you know, by hearing those stories over and over and over and over again you can get inundated with all these intrusive thoughts and um, things in your mind that if you're not very careful, you will be susceptible to being depressed and um, having your own mental health issues just from being exposed to these things and so um vicarious trauma can also be seen as a physiological effect people face when they have both faced natural and man-made disasters so for example the t- 2016 election I laugh but that's not funny but you know a lot of people were really negatively affected by the election I know as a therapist I went to my therapist after the election happened I know that you know statistically there were calls to people's therapists and there was actually a rise in people going to visit their therapist after that election because it kind of changed the 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 idea of what we thought we were as a country and so psychologically there were changes and shifts that happened as a result to that one event and that's really what vicarious trauma is repeated shootings of unarmed black men in this country repeated media exposure of those events um watching all of the, all, all of that the trials and the acquittals and just, just the dehumanizing uh, coverage That occurs whenever violence is committed against an African American person or Hispanic person in this country or in anybody in the name of race, right? We see that in Charlottesville and Heather Heyer being murdered. And so the responses are apathetic to people who don't look like us and don't seem to care about our issues. Watching them. You know, roam through the streets with guns and tiki torches, right? So that's psychologically damaging, and so being able to see those things, whether you lived in Charlottesville or you lived in Brooklyn, New York, you know, it's real and that it's happening and that it's happening today and that it's happening to people who look like me and are targeted that uh, who are people that I know and I can identify with. That is a scary thing. So it it. Affects you psychologically, as well as those who have lived through Hurricane Katrina. Right now, we've had a lot of hurricanes, Irma and Jose, and the floods in Texas. And so, let's say if you lived through Katrina and then you moved to Texas or you moved to Florida and you're seeing this happening again it's psychologically triggering and so um living in New York like I said after 9-11 there was an injection into the national psychology for good or bad I I really can't tell that there was a national shift in emotions and the energy that occurred after these kinds of events and so that's what I want to talk about with vicarious trauma mostly people have a narrow direction a narrow definition of vicarious trauma. They usually think it only affects first responders or like, you know, therapists or social workers or people in the mental health field or helping professionals, right? But no, we're all affected by trauma, whether it happens to us or it happens to somebody that looks like us or it happens to somebody who we could identify as being us, right? If something can happen to Heather Heyer it could happen to me. If something can happen to an unarmed black man, it can happen to somebody that I love. So that affects me on a on a deep visceral level than it does to somebody who is not of my same culture or doesn't care about my, you know, my well-being or they don't care about my issues, right? And so vicarious trauma is defined as the process of change that happens because you care about other people who have been hurt and feel committed or responsible to help them. Over time, this process can lead to changes in your physiological, your physical, and your spiritual well-being. Just like any other trauma, it's usually a result of repeated exposure to certain events so again I mean I hate to use this as another example but unfortunately my country gives me so many of them to think about when we see unarmed black men have negative police interactions over and over and over and over again generation after generation it becomes uh, overwhelming it it becomes embedded in our psyche and so it changes how we think how we act and how we move and so this is not just something that you think about that happens just to first responders or like caregivers this is everybody i believe vicarious trauma is something that happens throughout the community especially the more and more i look at the definition cumulative effects of contact with survivors right so because i'm i'm black and i'm in the black community i know more and more people who've been affected by this kind of, like, racial-based violence or police brutality or poverty or, you know, because I'm a New Yorker, I know more people who've been affected by 9-11, right? As, as, as well as because I work in this field, it comes up. You know, we, we, we talk about the trauma that people face in the community. So let's say somebody like me, I'm triply, right? I'm triply predisposed to have vicarious trauma. Number one, I lived in New York through 9-11. That's one level of exposure. Number two, I lost a family member um, or somebody that that I knew in the attack. Another risk factor is that you witness the cruelty or you experience or see the loss following the distressing disaster or even a traumatizing story. So being exposed to the aftermath of what happens following the hurricane or following uh, the media exposure to these things or following 9-11. I know for me with 9-11, I don't know if it was a week later or like a few weeks later, right after 9-11. It may have been a month later, but it just all felt like it was just one event. happened and I was like screwed up about that whole situation and then a few weeks later, could have been a month later, could have been a year later, I just remember it being around the same time. New York had experienced a horrific plane crash from the Dominican Republic and and I remember just being like holy crap not again I just wanted to hide under my bed because for me having such a, a history of exposure to violence and trauma being somebody who grew up in Brooklyn and that too made me exposed and leaves me predisposed to PTSD as well as vicarious trauma and then I do this for a living I keep saying that but I'm gonna get into why I keep saying that because self care is so important regardless of if you are a mental health professional or if you're just somebody who consumes the news on an everyday basis or if you live through a horrific event self-care is important and it's something that we need to to do more in our everyday life so changes occur as a result of the physiological um, and psychological exposure to these things and when you empathize with the victim it makes the trauma real for you. So, you know, my level of exposure as an empathetic social worker or my level of exposure as, you know, the mother of a black child when I see a black child be murdered or my level of exposure as opposed to a white supremacist or a white person or somebody who's removed from in events is different um and while I can empathize with the people on the ground in Texas right now my heart grows out to my friends because I know that it's not only whether you empathize but if you feel the need and the act to do something and so for my friends who have family in Texas of course they're gonna just get up and get on a plane and go or go there and go do things. You know, you know, a lot of celebrities have have reached out to donate money and donate time to help rebuild Texas. But I mean, I'm going to keep it real. I'm a New Yorker. And because I'm I'm physically removed from the situation, I can kind of put it away um, mentally. And I don't have to deal with the devastation that my friends who, who live in Texas and my friends who live in Florida right now have to deal with. They have to deal with it on a daily basis. and even if it's not their home that is destroyed or flooded or they lost things it's somebody that they know and um you know I have loved ones in all of those zones and I'm just I'm praying for them but to be honest with you I'm trying not to get so filled with worry about things that are not in my control that I, I can't put any more on my emotional plate than I already have. So empathy makes the trauma happen. And the, by that trauma, I'm talking about the vicarious trauma. They hurt and you have the responsibility to do something about it. So for first responders or for the builders or for the people that are there in the aftermath of the, the immediate emergency, it's something that can be very, very overwhelming. And by seeing it so many times, you, you'll you'll even gain physical. Physiological symptoms and we're going to talk about that in a minute so the impact of the trauma it helps to change the view of your world and it allows you to question your spirituality right why did god allow this to happen where where was god when when this occurred you start to think of all kind of crazy things and it starts to test your faith vicarious trauma so because I'm, I'm reading the symptoms list of what vicarious trauma is. So by the very definition of the things that I'm reading, to me, that's not something that only happens to caregivers. Right trauma exposure to a situation in which a person is confronted with an event that involves actual or threatened death or serious injury to themselves or to others, it can cause vicarious trauma. So, the fact that people are saying that this is something that only happens to caregivers, to me, doesn't make any sense, like I said, by by definition. So, what leads you to exposure to vicarious trauma or symptoms of vicarious trauma? Your role in the event. So, if if you're a first responder, if your house was actually hit by any of the natural disasters, if you saw 9-11, if you lost a loved one, your role plays a part in whether or not you will have exposure. Also, proximity to the trauma, right? Obviously, people in Florida are going to be more affected by Hurricane Irma or if you were in Cuba or in any of the Virgin Island Islands that were hit. You would be more affected um, by those things. Life stressors. If you have other life stressors that have absolutely nothing to do with that event itself, you are predisposed to feeling uh, and over identifying with the other people who've actually dealt with those things if you know them. Also, if you don't have effective coping skills, uh, effective coping mechanisms for dealing with stress you are predisposed to have vicarious trauma over identification which means that if I said oh my god a hurricane happened in I don't know Texas, it can happen in New York. It can happen anywhere. If you if you are predisposed to anxiety or mental health issues, you are predisposed to vicarious trauma and past exposure. Like I said, for people who are have lived through Hurricane Katrina or have lived through Andrew, this is a triggering situation and they're going to be more connected with the victims of the natural disasters that we're having right now. Cultural expression of trauma and grief. That's a big one. So um, I'm black, if you didn't know, but, you know, we have a a way of dealing with grief and and natural disasters in our communities, especially for those of us who are religious. We just pray it away and we actually don't deal with the emotions and we, we suppress uh, the feelings and we're told to just give it to God and God will make it better and it's God with God's will and you're not to question God and sometimes that, that's just not the best answer to give when you're dealing with trying to figure out why you just lost everything that you worked very hard for in your life and you have to have to smile I was with a friend recently who lost almost everything in Houston yesterday and she was smiling through it and while I commend her for doing so. I would have been okay if she chose not to. And I would have been okay if she would have said, you know what, I feel really messed up. I lost everything. I don't know what I'm going to do. And we hugged it out and she cried at cried about it and we talked about it because that really helps dealing with these kinds of issues physical changes that happen because yes you have physical symptoms you become hyper aware or hypersensitive you have ptsd symptoms uh, nightmares night terrors intrusive thoughts thinking about it all the time not able to put it out of your mind bad dreams anxiety depression fear numbness um, emotional paralysis sometimes like physical paralysis you feel like you can't do anything because you're so overwhelmed with where to start uh so that's that's a symptom increased sensitivity or hypersensitivity sleep disturbances obviously if you're having nightmares you might not be able to sleep guilt anger and fear terrorizing fear and anxiety so these are all symptoms that can happen also emotional symptoms is isolation depression anger you may see an increase in substance use drug use alcohol abuse and um, issues surrounding impulse control okay so now that you guys know what vicarious trauma is and what I think it is here's some ways that you'll be able to deal with vicarious trauma or at least lessen the effects of it on your life number one remove yourself on access to the trauma turn off your smartphones turn off your 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 media app social medias your your news app right because news comes right to your phone now right so just just be mindful of filtering out some of those things that you're ingesting that leaves you exposed to the trauma clear your mind of the event Learn skills like mindfulness, meditation, prayer. Go take a walk. Get away from it physically if you can. If you can go on vacation, or um, remove yourself from the event in any way that you can. Those are options. Talk about your feelings with people who understand, non-judgmental. Go to a group, a survivors group. But but be be careful with oversharing or taking on other people's grief while you're in that. Space because that can be very difficult to do. But individual therapy is also a great way to lessen the effects of vicarious trauma we vibrate as a country on energy. We vibrate as humans on energy. So when the the energy of the country is fearful and the energy of the country is depressed or the energy of the country is anxious, as we have been these last few months, we all feel it vicariously. We all feel it. We feel it. And so there are things that we need to learn to do to control that, that feeling. And there are things that we need to do to put our, our, emotional equilibrium on an even plane i'm a libra so everything for me is about balance and so the last tip that i'll give is abc awareness so you have to be aware of your feelings and that you're taking on these these feelings and the, the symptoms of vicarious trauma, first thing. Provide yourself with balance. If you're a caregiver, if you are um, in the, the caring professions, if you are a first responder, you have to balance the tragedy with your everyday life. And you have to ba- find the balance between caring and not over-caring, working and leaving your work at home or not taking your work at home. Because I I mean, I hear a lot of traumatic things, but I literally I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it after work. And it sounds horrible, but I have to be able to deal with how am I going to pay my light bill if all I'm thinking about is, you know, a client who was molested or, or, you know, sexually violated or, you know, lost their homes or whatever thing i may hear on a daily basis like i have to be able to find a balance between my work life and my home life and the the trauma and norm normalcy getting into a routine is one of the best ways to kind of lessen the symptoms of vicarious trauma also make a connection Make a connection with like-minded people, whether it is people who have experienced the trauma or people who don't know nothing about the trauma. Go to a yoga group. Go to a meditation group. Learn to remove yourself from the trauma, but also do it in a way that you're building a connection to other people who may know exactly what you're going through. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook. Or you can follow your host, me, Miss M-S-N-I-K-I Banks on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can find out any information about me at nikita n-i-k-i-t-a banks.com and on this show's website blacktherapistpodcast.com and don't forget if you want to send us any general feedback show suggestions uh show topics or guest ideas please feel free to drop us an email at Podcast at gmail.com thank you be well